Yeah, I'm excited to be able to talk to you today. I was just wondering how how does it make you feel when you look in the the media recent days and you see crowded beaches, people having parties and uh, really, really uh, not keeping to all the social distancing rules and guidelines we've all been desperate to keep over uh, the last three months or so. Um, how does it make you feel when you see that being disregarded? Um, I know for me, I feel a little bit, I'm feeling a little bit upset by that uh, because I have been as as alongside millions of us, I have been uh, just trying to look after everybody else by not wandering around, not having parties, not being as close to my family as I would like to have been uh, in these recent days. Um, it's amazing what, what we're living in. Actually, what we're experiencing is, in, in this generation, is probably the best demonstration of the display of biblical freedom, uh, certainly I've seen in my lifetime, and it's in the society, because what you have is the majority of people have been working really hard at, if you like, curbing their freedoms, not indulging their needs in order to look after the NHS and literally save lives. We have, by staying at home, you and I have been saving lives, and that's quite incredible, and, and it displays really the heart of biblical freedom in a way that is quite extraordinary. Uh, and we're living in truly extraordinary times. And we're in the book of Galatians. Uh, and uh, Galatians chapter 1 is what I'm going to talk to you to, about today. And really Galatians is about freedom. It's about godly freedom. It's about true freedom and the use of freedom uh, uh, in a great way, not to indulge ourselves. And it's about freedom from legalism and the constraint of law and being yourself, who you're created to be. And Joe Mumry did a fantastic job of introducing us to this book, of outlining it last week. And I'm just going to dive right in. Uh, we don't have tons of time. Uh, I'm just going to dive right in. And I want to dive right in by telling you a story. And we'll return to the idea of of society's freedom uh, and what we're living in right now towards the end. So here's a story uh, that I came across. I love this story. It's of a young couple recently married. They're on their honeymoon and they're, and they're walking around uh, in uh, in the hills of, of South Africa and they come across a truck and as they get closer they realise that the, the truck has got a number of people around it and there's a crate on the back of the truck and uh, in the crate is an eagle. And the people that are around the truck are all zookeepers. There's a few of them and they've come from the local city zoo and they have a conversation with these zookeepers. And this eagle in this crate has been in captivity now for, for some nine years and they all feel that it's time that it's released back to its natural habitat. It's released, uh, as it were, to be the eagle it was made to be. Uh, and so the young couple decide well, let's stick around and see what happens. Let's observe this. Let's observe this process, uh, and the, with great anticipation, the the zookeepers fling open the door uh, of the crate, and the eagle just stays where it is. Um, so, not deterred by this, they they shout a little bit. They give verbal encouragement to the eagle. Uh, the eagle stays where it is. Um, they poke it with some sticks. They eagle stays where it is. They they try and entice it out with some food and yes, you guessed it, the eagle stays exactly where it is. 
This goes on for quite some time and the eagle remains inside the crate with the crate open, completely free to leave, but it's not leaving. Um, and then suddenly there's, there's a sound in the sky, there's a screech uh, that, that, that only an eagle can make. And up it, they all look up and they see that there is another eagle flying, soaring way up in the sky. And the eagle in the crate looks up and flies out of the crate. Um, maybe it had been scared, but it looked like that eagle in the crate had forgotten who it was and what its potential was, what it was created to do even. The true glory of that bird had been really masked and hidden because it was in the crate. It was hidden from the watching crowd. Even in the zoo, it was somewhat inhibited in the small enclosure, excuse me, that it, it was in. And then suddenly it hears this sound. It sees another eagle. It sees himself in this other eagle and it flies. It's reminded, it, it has a realization moment and it soars and we see the true majesty of this incredible, incredible creature. All because it could see who he was, be reminded who he was by what he saw flying above him, by the bird that soared above. And this really is the heart of Galatians 1. And you'll see why in a moment, but it's right at the heart. And, and we don't have time to read the whole chapter, although I'd love to do that. But we're going to dive into the core of this chapter where Paul is really defending his gospel, reminding them of his authority, reminding them of who he is and why he came to them in the first place with this incredible message. And, 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 and he reminds them of this in Galatians 1, 15 to 17. He says, when God who set me apart, and this is in the NIV, importantly, from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, was pleased, get this, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles. My immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went to Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Now, this is Paul referring to his conversion. And this is Paul, in a sentence, describing the heart of his conversion, that, that God in his grace was, was pleased, delighted to reveal his son in me. Now, some translations do say to me, but the Greek is in me. And many translations capture that. It's really important that we capture this moment. Paul is saying at this crucial moment, by the grace of God, the Son of God was revealed in me. And yet when you read the account of Paul's conversion in Acts chapter 9, and you could go there in your own time, you see that Paul is, a light flashes around him. He hears a voice. He falls to the ground. He has a conversation with the Lord that goes something like, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord says, I'm Jesus who you're persecuting. And, 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 and he submits to this Jesus. And, and, and he has this encounter with this Jesus. And his summary of this encounter to us now is that he revealed his son in me. How, how is that so? How did God reveal himself in Paul? Well, he did it by revealing himself to Paul. This is just like what happened with our friend the eagle. By seeing the bird in the sky, he remembered who he was, although he was in the cage. He suddenly knew what was in him by seeing his reflection 
in the bird that was soaring above him. God revealed to Paul Christ in him by revealing Jesus to him. And this is a remarkable moment for us and something we just need to dwell on for the few moments we've got together today. You see, Paul and you and I, we're, the whole of humanity is made in the image of God. Our, our true nature and our true origin has long been forgotten and long distorted, but it doesn't change the fact that human beings were made in the image of God. Now, our disconnection from our maker, which is our doing, not his, our disconnection has caused us to lose that sense of our true selves. And we end up feeling and acting more like chickens than eagles. Um, and the, but the, the eagle remembered who it was by, was by seeing an eagle. And how we remember that we are children of God is by seeing the Son of God. We remember that we're sons and daughters by looking at the Son. Uh, and it takes an encounter with the Lord to awaken us to our true nature. We never stop bearing the image of God. We stop knowing it. It got distorted. It got covered over. It got forgotten. And yet events like recent events in our society reveal to us that something in us can come out of us again. The true nature, this selflessness, this willingness to be locked in for the sake of thousands and thousands of lives is telling us that we've not completely forgotten who we are and how we're made. Paul, in this moment of encounter, is literally born again. He literally has a rebirth. He has a realisation, for probably for the first time, of who he really is. And Christ's nature, Jesus' nature, comes alive in him as he believes. As he sees him, he's birthed, he's birthed again. He's born again. It's, his nature is renewed within him. By the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead, the image of God was resurrected in Paul. And this is what happens in conversion. We don't just follow a Jesus. We see him and we follow him. We see him and he's brought alive in us. We rediscover who we're truly made to be. By the resurrection power of Jesus, that supernatural life comes alive in us, alive in us and we remember who we are. We're elevated again. When you see Jesus, you and I, we see our true nature. And uh, when we encounter him in worship, when we encounter him in scripture, when we encounter him through others, when we encounter him in wholesome values, it keeps awakening us to who is really in us and, uh, and reminding us and helping us realize the fact that we are indwelt by Jesus and that we bear the image of God and we carry that image to the world. Uh, if you like, the bird in the sky was like a mirror. When the bird in the cage looked, reflected back at him, was a reminder of who he was. He was seeing himself in the bird in the sky. When we see Jesus, we're seeing ourselves in Jesus. Humanity forgot that it could fly a very long time ago, and much of uh, many humans feel trapped, feel locked down, not just in the sense of this moment we're in, in, in our history and pandemic, because they just feel constrained. They, they do feel more like chickens than eagles. But Jesus came to show us who we really are. He came to reveal to us that we were made in the image of God. He was, came to reveal 
to us that we were made for heavenly realms. We were made to soar. We were made for the spirit. We were made uh, in the image of God. And he came to show us something, not that we would copy him, like here's the image of him and we're trying to follow that, but that we would realize our true nature. It's actually really difficult if you believe you're made of clay to try and become gold. But if you see the gold and you realize that that gold is now living and alive in you, it's possible to live like gold, even though that gold lives in this clay. The Bible talks about this treasure being in in, in, in vessels of clay. But actually, the point of encountering Jesus is the gold comes alive, the treasure wins. Um, so we're not about copying, we're about realizing, we're about releasing, we're coming alive to who we really are, to our true nature, to who really lives in us. So we need to escape from our broken and limited view of ourselves and keep being transformed into his likeness, keep allowing his likeness to come through us and out of us. And here's some ways that we can do that. Number one, read the Gospels. Read about Jesus in the Gospels. And I want to challenge you to do this again. I'm doing it again myself. Read the Gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you've never done that before, I encourage you to do that. You're going to become a Christian if you read the Gospels. But read them with this mindset. Read them that you're reading about. As you read about Jesus, you're reading about the one who lives in you. You're learning about you. You're learning about your potential. You're learning about your nature. You're learning about who you are made to be. Don't read them in a kind of diluted form. Don't think, well, that's Jesus, but this is me. No, don't, don't edit them. Don't water them down. Think, actually, this is telling me. This is, this isn't, when I'm reading this gospel, this is an eagle moment for me. This is a reminder. This is me realizing who's living inside me. Jesus doesn't live inside us in an edited, watered-down form. The fullness of deity lived in him bodily, and we now have Christ in us, the hope of glory, Paul says in Colossians. This is tremendously exciting and tremendously important that we keep seeing the full Christ and remember that it's him who lives in us because as we see him we'll become more and more like him and the gospels is a great place for us to see Jesus and as we see him realize who we are so don't water it down see yourself in him because he's made in the image of God he is the son of God and you're a son of God and a daughter of God you're made to be like him don't leave out the miracle bits don't leave out his incredible wisdom or his incredible boldness that miracle Jesus that wise Jesus that merciful Jesus that courageous Jesus is the Jesus living in you and me what a thrill what a treasure what a delight what a privilege how awesome is that we're going to spend our lives realizing that and releasing that to the world around us so that's number one read the gospels number two worship worship really is joining in the Jesus is a worshiper and he's inside us and he's worshiping by the spirit he's worshiping the father and, and 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 this trinitarian worship is actually happening inside you and me and as we worship we join in that reality and that's where we experience and encounter the lord the father son and holy spirit and as we encounter them we see ourselves we are reminded we are elevated more of who we are truly who we are that partakers of the divine nature starts to come out of us worship is such a profound experience 
of our union with Jesus and our true identity of Christ in us, the hope of glory. Number three, encounters. In, we, as a church, we've had many encounters, individual and corporate. Do not show away from, shy away from them. Ask Jesus for a fresh encounter. It could be a quiet one. It could be the still small voice. It could be the dramatic. It could be anything in between. But that true encounter where you encounter Jesus, where you get a glimpse of the eagle in the sky, reminds you that you're that eagle too, that you can fly in every whisper, in every impact of him on your life. It draws out of you who he, who he is inside of you. And a fourth tip, pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. If you can't pray in tongues, you don't know what it is. Ask God to give you that language because what that is, it, that's Jesus praying through you. That's the Holy Spirit. It's a language that you didn't learn in school. <clears throat> you didn't learn that on holiday it's something that's happening by the spirit and that is the new nature building yourself up on your holy faith the bible says that's more of jesus coming out of you more realizing more of who you are and who he is and why why is all this important well go back to the beginning of of, of what we're saying today um society still has a residue of these values there's enough going on for society to remember a bit of who it is and do this amazing thing in lockdown and if you like deny itself its freedoms in order to have a greater freedom which is saving the lives of the thousands and it's our job as believers to increase that value to increase and display that goodness and that holiness and that that gloriousness into our society so it keeps being reminded who it really is everybody's elevated even if they're not converted they're elevated by believers being who they truly are the more we display who we are the more they live in a in a healthier way because christians are called as salt and light so the more we live like him the more we illuminate society and it remembers to a degree who it is because everybody's made in his image. Everybody bears the image of Jesus. So if we display that, they go, hey, that's me too, and join in. Uh, we're salt. That means that we, we preserve this sense of the true identity in society. We don't let it decay further than it already has, and it is decaying. Uh, and that too helps keep us as a society living selflessly, living in mercy, living miraculously even, living in faith. So I want to challenge you today. Do some of the things that I'm saying to discover more of Christ in you so that more of Christ can come out of you. More of Christ can be displayed through you. More of his miraculous power, more of his mercy, more of his love comes out of you because that is saving our world every day you live and breathe Jesus in and through you. And uh, I want to encourage you to do that. I want you to encourage you to turn our minds around. To, we're thinking like this more and more. So let's pray because our world needs us to be salt and light. It needs us to be illuminating. It needs us to be transfigured, displaying from the inside out the nature of Jesus from within us to it. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this incredible truth that, that as you reveal Jesus to us, it reveals to us that he's in us. 
And I pray that would increase in everyone that's listening and watching to this right now, that suddenly for many of us, a penny would drop that Christ is in us, the full Christ, the whole version of Christ. And we would seek to, to labor with him, to work with him, to see him displayed more and more through us to other people, that, 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 that our, our clay would, would not get in the way of the treasure that's bursting to come out of us. And we realize that that's all of our inheritance and true for us all. I pray for that in Jesus' name. I pray for fresh encounters. I pray for fresh revelations through scripture. I pray for a, for a bursting forth of prayer in the spirit. Uh, Heavenly Father, bless us with this. Increase this within us that we might be incredibly more and more uh, powerfully used to preserve and illuminate the society around us. In Jesus' name. Thanks for joining me today. God bless you. Bye-bye.